millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the link in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 89. St. John's Island, Singapore. My second interviewee of the night, Su Lin, arrives at this coffee shop in Haogang, just as my first leaves. It's the Hungry Ghost Month, and as always, I've got a whole lot more people to speak with around this time of the year. This year, however, is different. Everyone I'm interviewing tonight has the third eye, or in Sulin's case, the third ear, as she jokingly puts it. I wouldn't say that the spirits speak to me, she says, sounding a little embarrassed. I can tell just from her tone that she's had to deal with her fair share of skeptics all her life. But I can just hear them, she continues. Su Lin works as a receptionist at a gym, where her gift has gotten her into trouble on more than one occasion. At least a couple of times, some of the members have complained to my boss about my weird behaviour, she says. And it's not like I can just explain that I wasn't reacting to them, but the sound of ghosts in the room, right? Su Lin tells me that she discovered her sensitivity to spirits when she was just a teenager during a camp. Before she can continue though, I call the drink stall auntie back over so that Su Lin can place her order. As I wave the auntie over, I once again notice someone at another table who looks familiar. I promise myself that I'll investigate after I finish this interview. In the meantime, though, I turn my recorder back on and ask Sulin to start from the beginning. It was the Hungry Ghost Month in 1998. Su Lin was 14 and at a first camp with her classmates. It was one of those leadership building things, she says. You know, the ones where you go through a whole bunch of team building exercises and stuff like that. The camp was held on St. John's Island. Su Lin and 11 of her classmates would be bunking in a plain-coloured, single-storied block with a tin roof. These classmates included 
Peggy and Rita, her two best friends. Peggy and Rita couldn't have been more different from each other. Rita loved house parties and loud karaoke sessions. Peggy was a church-going girl who preferred sleepovers to sneaking out. Su Lin relished having a little bit of both in her life. Despite their differences, the trio got along fabulously, which was why they were so excited for this camp. The team-building exercises were fun enough. Trust falls, human knots, obstacle courses, Sulin and her classmates tripped up and triumphed like any other group of teenagers. After dinner and lights out though, that's when the real fun began. As soon as the teachers were out of earshot, Rita pulled out her acoustic guitar and started belting out Spice Girl songs. Sulin says with a chuckle. Peggy and Su Lin had both been reading by torchlight at the time. As annoyed as they were to have their quiet disrupted, they couldn't help but join in when Rita started serenading them. The party continued until one of the teachers came round again at around 12am and gave them a not terribly stern talking to. As relative silence filled the block, the 12 girls started to really get a sense of just how deathly quiet midnight on St. John's felt. They joked and laughed about how there might be ghosts in the forest around them. There was an undercurrent of real fear just below the surface of the levity. Enough of an undercurrent that when someone suggested that they pulled their beds together, no one disagreed. Safely huddled with each other and tired from a day of activities, the classmates soon started drifting off one by one. Su Lin, however, couldn't fall asleep, no matter how much she tried. I tossed and turned, but after about an hour, I just laid awake and stared at the fence on the wall, she says. I hoped that their droning white noise would eventually lull me into sleep, but of course that didn't work either. The hum of the fans, along with the ambient sounds of the forest, were all Su Lin could hear for a while. But then, at around... 3 a.m., she heard a voice, and then another, and another. Soon, it grew into a whole chorus of voices singing what sounded like a folk song. Su Lin couldn't quite make out the lyrics or even what language it was in. It felt welcoming though, filling her with the same warmth as that sing-song voice her grandmother used whenever she greeted her. Yet somehow, at the same time, it felt unnerving. It didn't help that the voices sounded like they were coming from far off 
in the forest at one moment. But in another, they seemed to be emanating from within the shadows in the corners of the block instead. Then just as suddenly they were back outside again. Sulind turned to her left and tried to shake Rita awake. The other girl only stirred slightly, mumbled something and went back to sleep. Sulin then turned to her right and tried to rouse Peggy, who sat up almost immediately. Peggy, do you hear that? Sulin hissed at her friend. Peggy scrunched up her face, concentrating and listening for anything out of the ordinary. After a while, though, she turned back to Sulin, looking both confused and frightened. I I don't hear it, she said, almost as if mocking Sulin. The singing grew louder and louder now, like it was moving towards them. Sulin must have looked terrified because Peggy scrambled for the rosary she kept under her pillow. She grabbed her friend's hand and started praying. The singing began to subside, just not fast enough. So Sulin started praying too. I wasn't and still am not a religious person, she says. But Peggy was trying to protect me, so the least I could do was help her out in the only way I could. Her plan worked. The singing became fainter and fainter, until it finally stopped just outside the door of the block. The pair looked at each other, exhausted from the fear, but on the verge of tears from relief. Then, without a word, Peggy placed the rosary between them instead of under her pillow. She and Sulin laid back down and fell asleep almost immediately. We never told Rita what happened, she says. We've remained friends over the years, and it's not like Rita and I haven't bonded over other things, but I've always been slightly closer to Peggy ever since. I ask her if she ever heard that particular chorus of voices again. She shifts in her seat. Yes, she says quietly. Always in older places or places far away from other people. She shivers, and it's clearly not because of the gentle wind that's blown through the coffee shop. And I try to comfort her and tell her that in Singapore, where there's always so many people around, the odds of her running into that chorus again 
must be slim though. She gives me a smile that's weaker than I would have liked. But at least it's still a smile. She finishes a drink and I thank her for a story as she gets up to leave. Then I look around the coffee shop again for that familiar figure I spotted earlier. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media. You can also be one of our supporters on Patreon. Look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps is a Huntu production created by Kyle Ong and Wayne Ray with art direction by Jolene Lim and recorded on Audio-Technica mics.